want a wide receiver, you better take a wide receiver in the first round. If you really, really want to get Green Book in the first round, you better do best picture first round so you make sure, because Green Book's going to be a hot commodity. It's going to go fast. And on that note, folks, welcome to another episode of Not Another Film Podcast. This is normally the podcast where we take movies we used to love as kids and we re-examine them in the harsh and sobering light of 2021. However, it's awards season, and uh, and we got to talk awards. Specifically, we have to talk about the Academy Awards, also known as the Oscars. And we're going to do that with a gallery of people that are honestly more like equipped to talk about the Oscars than anybody I know from any other podcast or any other you know literature that I have read in my life. Or and the Oscars is... voters, in my opinion, compared to a lot of the recent years. Well, Cole, you're you're about to get blacklisted from ever being an Oscar <laughs> voter. Cole Goff is here. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. How about you? How was the drive? It was great. I'm I'm recording currently from Virginia right now after a 15 hour drive yesterday. Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling awake. Very caffeinated. Lauren Thompson is here. How are you? I am good. That's so strange good. greeting you from another state. I'm usually sitting right next to you, and we've spent all day together. This is a trial separation, first and yeah. foremost. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Yeah, no, this relationship this. is hardcore crumbling to the ground. We're going, I'm going full Rogan on this podcast in 2021. Mm. We're talking about red meats. We're talking about <laughs> ketamine. That's it. And we're talking about Oscars. <laughs> and we're also here by the person who created the incredible activity we're going to do today, uh, not another film podcast all-star, Sam Rabotham. How are you, Sam? Bringing up the rear. I love it. I'm, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, I'm Ian Gears. I'm one of your other co-hosts. Uh, and Sam, why don't you talk us through the, the idea for the Uber Oscars, this idea that you came to me with, uh, oh, honestly, a while ago, and, and we're finally doing now because it is Oscar season. Yeah, so this was something I think I... Uh, dreamed up as a tweet one night and i was like we instead of doing the oscars i think it was a particularly bad year maybe for the oscars but i decided instead of doing the oscars that year there should be an uber oscars where every nominee or every winner from the last 10 years or whatever time span you wanted to take would all get put together in their winning categories and then the Oscar voters would have to decide which one of those was the supreme winner out of all of those other winners. But instead of the Oscar voters doing that, we're going to do it. And we're probably going to do a better job with it. I think so. Honestly, looking at these lists, it's sometimes barren and sometimes it really is a, uh, a bounty of riches in some categories. Uh, I'm very excited. Cole, what was your strategy going into... Because we're going to do this draft order. So we're going to draft our own. Nobody's going to have the same picks here. This is going to be the more entertaining way to do it because it's going to piss Cole off more. Cole, what's your strategy going into picking... Well, it, I, it, I, I, I seemingly completely misunderstood the format. So I think I'm going to have to change... My strategy was I literally just made a top five for every category because I thought we were picking one from every category. And like this is our premium... Uh, this yeah, is our premium. That is exactly what we're doing. Lineup. <laughs> so then, you what's the point of doing exactly them? What's what the doing. point of doing the categories in order? Then I'm 
baffled by that decision. But anyway, my strategy was I made it. My strategy was I made a top five of, of every category because I'm not going to need to go deeper than top five because there's only four of us. Um, so I just made a top five for every category, and you know, worst case scenario, I get my I guess number four pick technically. But um, so that's how I came into it. I think the the reason that I wanted to divide it up by category is so that we could kind of talk about the category as a whole uh, when we get to it. So that we're not just kind of shooting all over the place. We can talk about what what does, you know, adapted screenplay mean? Because I know Lauren has a lot of big feelings about this. Lauren, what's your strategy going into today? Anything big? Uh, I literally just have ranks one through four. And so if my number one is taken, I will go to number two or number three. I love it. Or number the four. The same exact thing. Is there I any, are, there, are there any categories that you're like really... You, you want to get really specific people where there's a pretty steep drop-off between your number one and number two? Um, There are some categories where, uh, I will be completely honest, I have only seen four of the films. Um, and one category... That's all you need to see for this activity. And one category where I have only seen three, and then I'm just kind of picking my fourth <laughs> based on what I've heard. Um, <laughs> so I am the least educated member of this group. No, Lauren, you uh, are tied for the least educated <laughs> because it sounds like we had the exact same experience in our due diligence. Yeah, there were some times where I was just like, ooh, um, that, I heard that was good. Um. Again, Green Book, talking about Green Book. Oh, 100%. I've heard amazing things from all of my white friends. Um, <laughs> great. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Sam. Since this is your your baby, was there any are are there any picks? You don't have to reveal them obviously right now, but are there any that you are like you really 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 want to get? Absolutely. There are there are a couple that I very intentionally picked someone who I was pretty confident was not going to get picked by anybody else, but I still fully believe in that pick as being my my supreme winner. You're like a kid who chooses to play the viola in orchestra. You just Excuse want, you just me, want sir. Get... I played the cello for that exact reason. I played the viola for that exact reason. <laughs> um, awesome. So the way we're going to do this, we've determined a draft order. Lauren will be going first. Then it will be uh, Cole, then myself, then Sam. We're going to go in snake order. So we're going to be reversing that order every time there's a new category. Uh and we're going to draw our first category from the hat and see what we're going to do first. Cole, anything that you're wishing you're, you want to get going first? No, I don't care. I'm just, I'm All right. just pumped. The first category is we're starting off with a bang. Best original screenplay. Ooh. This is one where, I don't know, I kind of feel like there's a clear winner. But I also, who knows? I, I, I'm Lauren. You get to go first. Oh gosh, Lauren, who are is... you? Who are you drafting for best original screenplay? Okay, I chose one that I don't know will be anyone else's number one choice, but I went with my heart. Um, so I'm choosing Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Damn. Which I saw recently and was absolutely blown away by, and I love the concept of. It's one where it's it's high concept, which I appreciate, and juggles that with having such real emotional stakes and having such moments of like clarity of emotion and feeling um, that I just had to choose it for my heart. I love that choice. That was, that was up there for me as well. Uh, Cole, I know you're real mad that that didn't work out for you. So uh, I think you're, you're our second chooser. You're our second pick. 
I am. Eternal Sunshine was actually uh, is, my, is my number four pick, so I do very much appreciate that pick. I was hoping you would pick one of my, my top two because my top two are basically tied. Uh, but I'm yeah, going to go with... I'm going to make you make that choice, Cole. I'm going to go with uh, Parasite for Best Original Screenplay. Um, Damn. I... I I that I was literally about to take something else, and as I was sp- speaking, decided to pick Parasite. Um, it was it was in my top two, but it's just I think just few movies have really like unfolded the way that that movie does. Like when I was in the theater seeing it, and just like left me as floored as it does with uh, how the story kind of evolves and uh, opens up as you go, and just like continues to pick. hit you. Like like it, it starts out, it's like this big Ocean's Eleven, like kind of getting the team together, getting the whole family into the rich people's house uh and then just changes into something just like so much darker and more sinister and uh like really turning a lens and a lot of societal problems um i love it it's one of my like favorite movies like ever just after only you know only really having it in our lives for like a year it's like already uh one of my favorite movies i think i own multiple copies of it because i bought the criterion edition but anyway i'll i'll cede to the next pick nice nice brag did anybody have parasite as their number one no. Oh, it this is fun. my number two. That's fun. I think it's my number four. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get my, my number, number one. three. Nice. I'm getting my number one, which I'm really stoked on. I'm getting Get Out. Jordan yep. Peele. Yep. It's, it's I, my number three. I just, this, yeah, this movie's incredible. I love this movie. I love everything about it. We've talked about it to death, and there are definitely more qualified people that can talk about this movie on other podcasts. But... Uh, I mean, Sam and I are both uh, very big fans of genre, and uh, this, I think, is one of the few times that a like kind of true genre movie won an Academy Award and broke through in the awards, and I think it's uh, incredibly special to note that in any circumstance. So yeah, 100% get out. It's time for Sam. What do you got? So just a little side note here, Ian, as I told you privately, uh, I also went through my ballot and notated the ones that I thought you would pick right now. <laughs> Is this the one? Thousand, so yeah, this I, when you so said I'm there was a clear winner, so I assumed you were going to take get out. <laughs> it was um, tied for me. There's a, there was a number two that I was like, I'm, I'm a hundred percent. Okay. If I get this one, yep. mm. um, yeah. I was very much the same way. And as you just noted, we are both big genre fans. Um, but I actually picked her by Spike Jones, um, which is one of the few movies that in the theater watching it, I very distinctly remember that entire experience from beginning to end. You know, there are a lot of movies like Get Out specifically where I have a memory of watching it in the theater, but only very specific moments of that movie. Her is just one of those movies that time and time again I go back to. The whole thing sticks with me, and I think the world building of that movie is very is some of the best I've ever seen in a screenplay. Um, it it just kind of makes you know you could you can watch certain parts of that movie and forget that you're watching a sci-fi movie, and I think that's what's so engrossing about watching that movie to me. And also, you know. You can you can make fun of the some of the dialogue as being very flowery as much as you want, but I think that's what makes it really special to me is is this idea of you know 
this very strange connection that has a lot of problems to it, but that are very much noted in the film itself. Are you hot or cold on the, uh, the high-waisted pants? I'm, I'm coming around to them. After being stuck a year inside, I'm starting to think that might be the look to come back to. Join nice. us. Good call. Uh, do we want to do our, our snubs and flubs now? Just kind of like just rattle off like the one that we're like, this, didn't, this did not win best original screenplay, but I just want to give a special shout out to this screenplay. You're driving the ship here. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, this was, uh, if it had won, this would probably be my number one, which would have been, uh, the Royal Tenenbaums, uh, Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson. Mm. Yep. That was mine. Um, so Royal Tenenbaums was mine. I would say that the, if, if we're just grabbing from stuff that was, uh, nominated, I, uh, Ex Machina, I would have picked Ex Machina over Spotlight personally. Yep. Nice. Yeah. A lot of the Pixar movies I would have wanted to win. I think that Pixar movies don't get, um enough like respect for the screenplay work that goes into them because they are such visual marvels anyone you want to give a particular shout out to um i love i love wally so i think that that's a really great script but <laughs> love it sam um so I, I picked a couple but i'll just stick with one for time's sake uh so there's not necessarily one that i would have picked over the winner of that year but the lobster is yes. one of my all-time favorite movies yeah it's so good that script is so amazing it's directed well on top of that but just talking about the script itself that one is a visual chef's kiss mm-hmm. yeah it is top notch uh i'm really bummed nobody chose almost famous that was that was gonna go as my second seed. My um my uh, number two that Parasite was tied with was Lost in Translation. So I'm glad Sam picked her because it's kind of like the companion movie. Um, mm-hmm. So, all right, next category: Best Supporting Actress. Get gird your loins. We begin with Sam. We begin with Sam Rabotham. Yeah, so I wasn't sure how this category was going <laughs> to shake out, but but for me, this was a very easy choice. This is one I almost didn't have to think about at all. I picked Viola Davis and Fences because Viola Davis Fuck you. and Fences God damn you. does does some of the acting of her life in that movie and tears it up every single minute she is on screen. Um, I, clearly, from Ian's frustration about that uh i i can tell that at least someone agrees with me um but yeah that's, i completely uh, agree with you yeah that that's really all i can say about that was that the one you had pegged that i was gonna pick it is not but i still might oh. be right based on uh i, I, what I think you're you gonna end be. up picking yeah yeah viola davis is incredible in that movie i yeah She's so good. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I guess, my number two choice here. Uh, Kate Blanchett in The Aviator. Hell yeah. (laughs) Show me a better impression to win an Oscar, and I will give you all the money I have. I think this is one of the best performances of an actor playing like a real person I've ever seen. We rewatched this movie a couple years ago uh, with Lauren. And every time, first of all, I think Kate Blanchett's one of the best actors working today. 
And second of all, I just love this performance. And it's one of the few times that I'm like, you know what? It's a bit of a corny choice. It's a bit of a corny role and it's a bit of a corny movie. And I'm a bit of a corny guy and I love Kate Blanchett and I love her Kate Hepburn. All right, Cole, what you got? I, I just want to say that's like the exception to my rule that like, I, I don't think doing impressions should get you Oscars. And that's like the, imp- that's like the exception to the rule because that performance is so good. Um, my, my choice is, uh, Tilda Swinton and Michael Clayton. Um, I knew you were going to do this. I, I, yeah, it's very, very predictable for me. I love that movie. Uh, I love, I love Tilda Swinton and her, just how weird she is in so many movies I love. She's also kind of like in this pick a totem for just a bunch of acting, uh, in that movie that didn't get, uh, didn't get the, like, not the appreciation it deserved, but it didn't get recognized in like the award circuits because of how stacked, the year was um like there you know there were like Clooney Tom Wilkinson there's so many great performances in that movie and like Clooney wasn't gonna win because this was you know Daniel Day-Lewis and there will be blood year like uh but I but um even in her own right just like Tilda Swinton is is so good in this performance she's just like so anxious so nervous uh just so scummy and like all the ways that were like required for the role um and it's just, i rewatched it recently such a incredible movie that i feel like doesn't get talked about enough just because of the absolutely stacked year that it came out in totally true lauren what do you got all right so there are two actresses in this category who have won for a particular type of movie the movie musical I feel like we talk a lot about Anne Hathaway's performance. In... There are three. There are there three. What's the third yeah. one? Look down the list. Are there three? You got three. You got Catherine Zeta-Jones. You've got Jennifer Hudson. You got Anne. Oh, Hathaway. Jennifer Hudson. That's right. So we have three. Well, we know which one it's not going to be. I know. I feel like Ian knows which one it's going to be. Okay, so we kind of have like the full spectrum of the movie musical represented on this, which I think is fascinating. Because you have Chicago that was, like, the first example of, like, a musical movie becoming prestige in, like, this age. And then you have it coming full circle to almost a joke with Anne Hathaway. Um, And where the movie musical kind of died a little bit. (laughs) So I feel like we talk a lot about Anne Hathaway. We don't talk enough about Catherine Zeta-Jones, who gives an amazing performance in Chicago. It's an iconic performance in Chicago. I, I think about it constantly. Like, all the time. It's iconic. And you know what? It's my favorite. It was my number two choice, and it remains the number two choice in my heart. So, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Chicago. What was your number one? My number one was Viola Davis, as it should be. (laughs) Like, duh. That's the the objectively correct (laughs) answer. So I I had my number one, which is the correct answer, and the number two, which is the like the like tops in my heart. This this category is like in terms of of through the years, mm-hmm. like this was one of the tougher ones I think because mm-hmm. there are some really really great like I'm a big fan of Angelina Jolie and Girl Interrupted. I'm a really big fan of Lupita and Twelve Years a Slave. I'm a really big fan of Regina King. Like there's like a ton of really really good performances in this. We'll get to some other categories later on that are a little bit more barren, but this was a tough one. I, this was a really I think hard. the supporting actor and actress, just from like looking at the list you sent out, like they get it right so much more often than they get actor and actress. Um, but we can talk yeah. about that more uh, later. But yeah. I may be showing a little bit of my hand. I A rule that I went into this with kind of uh, is it, 
I did not want to choose an actor because I liked the actor. I wanted to make sure that it was like a marriage of actor and role. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, like there was no chance I was picking Leo for the Revenant for for actor. That was like, I was literally going to use that as the example. (laughs) It's like, he's maybe my favorite actor, but I'm not choosing him because I don't like the Revenant. All right, let's see what we got next. Next we've got, oh, wow. Are we going to go into it right now? Best actress. All right. And this begins. Oh, wait. Do we want to do our snubs and flubs? Yes. I fucked up already. Let's I do snubs and flubs. To. All right. Great. Snubs and flubs. Lauren, you go first. Uh, and then well, I'm going to throw actress back in since we just did supporting actress and I want to get some variety. I love Allison Janney and I love her performance in I, Tanya, but Laurie Metcalf should have won for Lady Bird. <laughs> you're you're going to let the her fact finish. That Lady you're going to go Kanye on Allison Janney. The greatest injustice. <laughs> greatest injustice is that lady bird didn't win i, I feel you anybody else feel strongly about one that they've got a snubber that, that's my i'm glad lauren went first because i mean we briefly discussed this on friday but i knew she was gonna go with that um but yeah that's i think that's unforgivable <laughs> I, I don't know how in that award season it became like the assumed like the assumed ending was that alice and jenny was just gonna sweep everything because uh, it, like i i think i tanya is a very good movie but i think lady bird is superior in every way including that uh, that supporting actress performance by Lori Metcalf. thousand percent sam you got one um mine is viola davis in doubt um i, I wanted to also shout out viola davis for another role <laughs> um just because in 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 doubt that is such that's like a haunting performance. And then the whole movie mm-hmm. is haunting for very specific reasons. Uh, but, you know, her, the her ghosts, role in right? that's something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All of the ghosts. She wasn't nominated, though, was she? She was. She was? Damn. All right. I. This was the one where I was like, I have a very strong impulse for someone that was not recognized. Uh, as with for a nomination can i do that yes please of course awesome i think the supporting actress performance of the last 20 years hands down is rachel mcadams in mean girls as regina george it's it is one of my favorite performances and one of my favorite roles and one of my favorite movies i love her in that film so much so i'm gonna go with that thank you for letting me have that one all right we're gonna do something different not best actress this time because i want to leave the variety up while you're grabbing ian i would just like to shout out for our for us florence Pugh should have won for little women over laura dern for marriage story uh just if you had told me i couldn't do if you had told me i couldn't do my rachel mcadams shout out i was gonna go for full pew we're we're in the the pew hive all right best actor best lead actor this one is pretty stacked and i believe we start with lauren with lauren yeah. Okay. I feel like this is going to be some of your other choices, but I'm very glad I got this category because this is one of those where my choices were very limited in terms of what I've seen. So I am going to go with Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood. Yeah. You son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. It's an amazing performance. I hadn't seen it until like, I think this last year. And it was just one of those movies where you watch it and you go, yep, nope, that's one of the all-time best. Like, that's... It's a perfect pairing of amazing actor and amazing performance. I th- like it doesn't get better. I, I think I think just with um, 
like I think in general they mess up best actor I think best actor is like if you look at it it's like a lot of it is like this this person deserves best actor for half a dozen other movies other than the one they won it's a lot of cumulative awards yeah yeah and uh and like I think that the, the Daniel Day-Lewis for There Will Be Blood is just like the clear number one seed clear number one pick yeah. so like he's my number one pick too so Justice yeah. won that day all right, Cole, what do you got? Uh, Denzel for Training Day. Son of a bitch! Uh, it is just, uh, th- this was actually, like, I expected to come into this with a lot of strong feelings, but <laughs> after my top three, like, it basically goes Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood, Denzel and Training Day. I won't go farther than that because I don't want to step in on any picks, but, like, after, like, my number three or four, it kind of drops off with how strongly I feel about any of the picks. I think this is a super weak category. Uh, but, yeah, Denzel is just, like, a force in Training Day. It's incredible. He's, like, pound for pound just the amount of charisma and uh like just performance you get for per capita for like minute he's on screen is just incredible it's i i i love it he's just so despicable so so disgusting like you watch that first scene in the diner with him and ethan hawk and you're just like fuck this dude but i like want this guy to like me um (laughs) and uh yeah it's i that so that's my pick yeah, I had been talking to you about it a while ago because I, I had written this movie off when I first saw it and then I rewatched it a couple months ago and it's incredible. And he is unreal. Yeah. In it. Oh, God damn it. Fuck. It is such a steep drop off after Denzel yeah. for me. <laughs> Sam, are you? I, I feel like you're in the same boat here. I'm in the exact same boat. I'm glad yeah. I was not the only one. I was just like, I was, because I've actually, this is one of the movies, like, I've seen like 16 of these movies and I just don't like the performances in most of them. <laughs> The also the problem I'm having right now is like a, the other people that I have in my consideration. I'm like this, these people are problematic, and I don't want to like give them shout outs. <laughs> so I'm trying to like how do I you feel good about? You don't deserve an Uber Oscar, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Get out of here. I mean, there's yeah, ugh, fucking a. All right, um, Jesus, I'm gonna have such a boring lineup, but fuck it, I'm gonna go with my heart. Uh, in terms of these other performances. Weird pick. Sorry, guys. I'm going with Sean Penn in Mystic River. I think he's great in that movie. I love that movie. I know that Sean Penn is a complicated figure in real life, but I I just think that, the, and I know Clint Eastwood's a complicated figure. I think this movie is kind of unimpeachable, and I think that he's incredible in it. I had Tim Robbins as like my like fifth or sixth seed pick. And supporting actor not to step on on my choice there but like i just think this movie is top to bottom incredible um as and i think that sean penn is the emotional anchor at the center of it and it's it's very rare i will say this that you get to see like a mob movie like a full-blown mob movie we know how i feel about boston movies anyway i love them but it's very uh it's not very often you get to see a mob movie with like a really big tough mafioso boss at the center that is as emotionally available as sean penn's character is in mystic river um so i I enjoy that quite a bit so yeah that's my pick sam what do you got joker this is a solid solid pick uh this is um i'm I'm left with uh bear pickings here um so you know i my number one pick was daniel day lewis for there will be blood um so I guess just on default, I'm going to pick Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln. Um, <laughs> I, I love Lincoln, but um, at least I've got a Daniel Day-Lewis on my team. So there you go. He looked good in that beard. That's something. That's a good beard. 
It's a good beard. That's a good pick. I was, you know what? If it's any consolation, Sam, I was like, I was one word slip up away from choosing Capote. So you know, I, I the only reason I didn't choose it is because I had already chosen Kate Blanchett playing a real person before. I couldn't live with myself. If I had this to. category is so weak that I have my top three choices. And then number four is Philip Seymour Hoffman in Capote, which I haven't seen, but I just love Philip Seymour Hoffman. And then there's like five or there's there's a bunch of movies that I've seen, but I was just like I like it's I I don't like I didn't want to have like I like Joaquin for Joker feels like there's like seven other movies that I like his performance so much better in like just like I want to rant about this category for an entire podcast episode. It's (laughs) well let's let's get into snubs and flubs. Is there any one? Because there have been a ton of great nominations. What's the one that you'd be like, yo, throw this in there and it wins? Um, so we were just talking about The Revenant and our distaste for Leo and The Revenant. And I, when Leo won his Oscar for The Revenant, I said, this is his Oscar for The Wolf of Wall Street. This yep. is That is the movie he deserves his Oscar for instead of The Revenant. He is so different in that movie like that's the first time we really got to see he you know he does it again and and once upon a time in hollywood but that's kind of the first inkling that we got of of seeing that really strange side of him i guess Django technically came before that and that was kind of his first bigger turn into the weird leo acting but yeah no nom for him in Django though I'm actually going to pick up right where you left off because my pick is Leo in Once Upon a yeah, Time in Hollywood. That's my number one. That's I, I, I have like 14 listed for this uh, that I just want to fire off, but go ahead. Why don't you? Well, I mean, we'll, maybe we'll fire off a bunch at the end here because I, I also have like seven or eight. Yeah, Leo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's my, not only is it my favorite Leo performance, uh, it is my favorite Tarantino character in any Tarantino film. Uh, and it's my favorite performance that I've seen in maybe any capacity mm-hmm. in a long time. And every time I watch this movie, and I've seen it probably five times in the past year anyway, at the, much to Lauren's chagrin. Um, but I, every time I come away from it, just being like, I could watch the hour scene in the middle of this movie with him on the set of Lancer. I could watch that on loop for years. Yeah. It's, it's the best part of the movie. And like, he's, he's my favorite part of the movie. I like the movie more every time I see it specifically because of his performance. Yeah. Uh, what Lauren, what do you have anybody that you want to give a shout out to? I have two. Um, Ooh. I'll talk about this movie in another category for snubs. Um, but it's also Daniel day Lewis. And this one's for phantom thread, which is great one of my pick. favorite movies of like the last 20 years i like think about that movie all the time i love it um and i really think he he was fantastic in it but he won so many oscars that it, i'm glad that it went to someone else um but also timothy chalamet for call me by your name which is Ooh. one of my personal faves and i think it's just it's an amazing like debut performance it like it's a performance that makes me feel so much and empathize so much and just feel so open and vulnerable and I'm, I'm impressed by it and touched by it, and it makes me think a lot. And I, I just adore his performance in that movie. I love it. I love it. Yeah, uh, just to fire off some other ones, just I won't talk about these, but these were the short list. Like Eisenberg in The Social Network, Joaquin Phoenix in The Master, uh, Ethan Hawke in First Reformed didn't get a nomination but deserved it, and Jake Gyllenhaal in Enemy or Nightcrawler. Take your pick. 
Yeah, I would also, I would just say, uh, like, I have this big branching theory, but it's just, like, basically they should have given Oldman Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy uh, over the artist. Then they don't have to give him for Churchill in the Darkest Hour. That could have been Daniel Day-Lewis's second for Phantom Threat, which means that that which means phoenix should have won won for the master instead of lincoln because i just i mean that's i think that's one of the best lead performances the last 20 years um for sure Uh, i think if that had won it might have been i would have picked that over denzel if if the if he had won for the master uh more than likely but yeah i I agree with basically everything that said lauren especially like i think shout and it's it like also it's like if daniel day lewis like i i like oldman winning for uh darkest hour when there's like timothy chalamet for call me by your name uh daniel day lewis and phantom thread and daniel uh, and kaluuya for uh for get out like get it's out, just wild yeah. like that he I is, would have been so much happier with literally anyone else winning that yeah year. he was at best the fourth best performance and like and that's this just goes back to what i was saying earlier about impressions like i i don't think that they should be weighted as highly as they they very clearly are because you're given a yardstick to measure against instead of just a completely fictional character uh, and I just don't think it's really I, 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 I it's just something that the Oscars really rates highly that I don't appreciate. I'm not going to lie. When I was looking at this list, I had a moment, a, a temporary moment where I saw Eddie Redmayne's name and I thought there's no way he's won an Oscar. And I had completely forgotten about the that, that's a bad one. That's a really bad one. But that's also a real that's like that was like a stinker of a year. Let's be yeah. real. He won that year for Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> Let's be honest. Because the, 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 the I, I, I have it up because one of my notes in my snubs is that 2014 was just a straight up bad year. The, uh, the, the other nominees were Steve, <laughs> Steve Carell in Foxcatcher, Bradley Cooper in American Sniper, Benedict Cumberbatch in The Imitation Game, and Michael Keaton in Birdman. Michael Keaton. Yeah, I, I, I Mike, Michael Keaton, Keaton is, is obvious for me, but like, like that's that's four. That's just like four straight up. That's four performances that I would like. I would scrap and add, put something else in. Like, it. it I also want to. I want to shout out the way that you just did that. The mental gymnastics for how you get Joaquin Phoenix the correct <laughs> Oscar for the Master. That type of thinking is what keeps me up until two in the morning. <laughs> I yeah it's Sam. there's I've got like a I've got like the cork board in the corner with like the yard lines of yarn drawn like dragged between the different movies and like it just says Oscars wrong at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, uh, any that you want to give a special shout out to? Are uh, you already wait? No, you already did this. We yeah. talked about this before. Yeah, yeah you already said Wolf of Wall he gave one. All I right. gave fourteen. It's it's fair. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Just saying, didn't get nominated. Affleck should have been nominated for Gone Girl. I'll die on this on this hill. <laughs> All right. Best director. So this begins with Sam. Hell yeah. Oh man, this is a good one for you. This is this category, in my opinion, especially 2010 on, is pretty stacked with some really great directors. Um and I chose uh, Alejandro Iñárritu for Birdman. Nice. Um, I was <laughs> talking about this earlier that I one of the things I love about Birdman so much, and you can really compare those back to back Iñárritu wins, uh, but Birdman has such a small scale for a movie, and accomplishes so much in that s- small scale in that almost singular setting for almost the entire movie 
is his being able to direct that movie. I think he finished it in like three weeks. Filming mm-hmm. took like three weeks or something. To be able to finish that movie in three weeks and to choreograph everything so well to make that one shot appearance work so well in the finished product, that is something that takes an incredible amount of talent. And he absolutely has that. And that movie pulls it off perfectly. Totally buy that. I'm I'm into that choice. Also happy that I get my number one seed here, which is uh, very on the nose. Bong Joon-ho, Parasite. Uh, I, I agree with everything that you were saying about original screenplay, Cole. I think this movie is a masterpiece in every sense of the word. Um, and I, it's, it's, it is a staggering attention to detail that we've seen, like through like the, uh, the graphic novel that has come out, the storyboards and everything, just like the amount of pre-production and planning that goes into his, uh, his shooting style and just like the thought and composition and attention to detail on every single level of production in this movie to tell a story as succinctly as he's able to tell it as, uh, layered as he's able to tell it and as, as really kind of heartbreaking as he's able to tell it. It's like uh, this movie's a masterpiece and I think it, it begins and ends with Bong Joon-ho. Uh, I'm glad that you picked Parasite because it's tied for number one for me and it makes the choice very, a lot easier for me. Uh, my choice is Peter Jackson for Return of the King. Um, that especially just with how dominated, uh, like the movie landscape has become with, uh, like franchise IPs, like, especially what we're seeing like recently with like Godzilla versus Kong and like the Snyder cut and like all the MCU stuff. And it's just been like, like I watched like the Snyder cut over two days. I watched Godzilla versus Kong and it just like bored me to tears. Just like the fact that he took this, these this like series of books and adapted them as well as he did uh like the the scale and scope of it and like fitting into these movies and like yes he has like in the the theatrical cut holds up the uh extended cuts are like even better i love uh, like all of that stuff being filled in i'm down for like the 20 endings i don't care i think it's all great i think it holds up the the visuals um they did so much with like practical effects that the the I think the visuals hold up. Um, there's like some stuff here and there, like the Oliphants don't look great. Gollum can look a little funny sometimes. Timothy Oliphant is aging like a fine line. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, speaking of best uh, supporting actors for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, but yeah, I just I, I, oh man, like the Lord <laughs> of the Rings is like it's like by far my favorite film trilogy. Uh, I just and like film series, I love those three movies so much, and like Return of the King is such a good capstone, and I'm so glad that it was like so recognized across every basically everything except acting categories for um for the oscars i i I, it's just i i love i love the movies so much great pick lauren what do you got okay i'm actually glad i got last pick on this one because i knew that my number one was not going to be on any of y'all's list um because my pick is ang lee for life of pi um Hell yeah. This is like a, a deeply personal pick because as anyone who's listened to our like top like 20 of the decade has heard, like this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think that it is such an interesting directorial hand that is used to like, it's similar to the Peter Jackson thing. I think that Cole was just talking about where it's such a great balance of the spectacle of like all of the amazing special effects and the beautiful visuals and knowing when to lean into that and when to respect that and really to just like lean into the awe and then also when to just hold on a person's face and 
and just live in the story. It's such like delicate emotional work. It's an adaptation work. It is brand new technology that was being used on this film that still holds up incredibly well. It's a very epic story and also a very personal story. And I think that it's just, it needed to be done so carefully to work. And I kind of can't imagine another director directing of this this particular film which mm. i think is a is a great testament to a director where it's like it's such a special work that no one else could have done and and i i love it so so much like it's one of my like, i it never ceases to just make me feel deeply deeply emotional and invested and i love it so much it's a great pick i had not seen that until we watched it during quarantine and and i really really enjoyed it as well um, man, we're leaving so many good ones on the yeah, board. It's... Nobody picked the Coens. Nobody picked Scorsese. Nobody picked Catherine Bigelow. My no one picked Roman Polanski. The Coens were Coen my were really big for Polanski. <laughs> the Coens were my three. They were my number three. Um, and we the thing that I found really interesting about this is this category has the most repeat wins of any category in the Academy Awards yeah. in the last 20 years. We have three directors that have won twice in the last 20 years, Ang Lee, Alfonso Cuaron, and uh, Inaritu. Uh And I just think that that's, that's very interesting. Uh, hopefully Bong Joon-ho gets another one in there soon. Uh, do we want to give some, some snubs and flubs? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Lauren doesn't have any. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I realized that the 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 two that I was like, there's there's gotta these two people have to have been nominated. They were not nominated for best director. So to play by the rules that we have set for ourselves, I'll go with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for uh, There Will Be Blood. Again, just like the scope of that movie and like the ability to tell such a clear story in that and to kind of encapsulate american capitalism in one two and a half hour movie and religion genius incredible shit yeah Love it's it. one of the it's one of the it's like it feels so like so often i hear people talk about how like if there's two like uh, like best pictures like like they split director and picture and i just don't understand how no country swept both of those because like i think there will be blood should have won one of them so i think that's a great choice yeah sam was was that yours as well that was one of mine this was one i really had to limit myself in picking because there were a couple that i was really leaning on so i'll just stick to one um but list them off fire them off we fired off a shit ton for actor and we're doing great on time (laughs) so you know i'll just throw it out there barry jenkins for moonlight should have won best director yep you know i i won't go into my personal feelings about la la land but however you feel about that movie putting moonlight up against la la land Moonlight is just something completely different. It's it's a completely different class of movie. Um, and the other one, not necessarily who I think should have won over the winner, but I wanted to give a special shout out to George Miller for Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. Um, yeah. That movie is the pinnacle of blockbuster movie. That is, 100%. it is, yeah, beautiful, incredibly directed you know can't can't get much better than that yeah that would be mine probably mad max fury road because i i I also just think like the directorial hand in that is impeccable like it's a genre film that like you that had to be like that is an insanely insanely well-crafted like set of sequences 
Yeah, I was firmly convinced, firmly convinced going in until I literally just looked it up now that Wong Kar Wai had been nominated for In the Mood for Love, and he was not. And that was, like, about to be my number one draft pick in the snubs and flubs category, but turns out, nah. Yeah. No such luck. No Park Chan-wook for you, Cole. No The Handmaid. I already, I already lost in the the other draft we did off off the air. Um, but for me, I'd say uh, I think Greta Gerwig should have won or Lady Bird over Shape of Water. Um, I think I think David Fincher for Social Network over uh, uh, what is it, The King's Speech. Uh, and just to grab one that wasn't nominated, like Paul Thomas Anderson wasn't nominated for The Master. And like fucking Sil- The Silver Linings Playbook was nominated. Like David O. Russell was nominated for Best Director. Um, and that might be the last time I mentioned the master on, on this podcast. I've talked about it a lot already, I feel, but anyway, there's, there's a pretty big master show. Oh no, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> never mind. I, I just <laughs> remembered one of the, like, one of the categories we haven't even gotten there's to yet. Never mind. Pretty unimpeachable pick. Yeah. Uh, great. Moving on. Ready? Next category. Best adapted screenplay. Adapted screenplay here. This begins with Lauren. Oh boy. All right. Uh, this one's a weird one. I know. This is a it weird really, category. really is. I was looking at this like, that's not how I remembered that going. Um, <laughs> I, um, you know what? I'm going to pull a call and I'm going to choose Lord of the Rings, yeah. Return of the King. It's, it's such a massive undertaking. And I think like doubly one, the source material is so dense and it is so difficult in in stuff that is that dense to find like the the human heart at the center of it which i think is done incredibly well but also it's bringing home a massive trilogy in and attempting to do it in a satisfying way and pay off like all of its characters arcs and introducing new characters that that still feel so real and so like such fully realized characters in the writing um you've got like a really sick denethor cosplay right yeah, I, I love his shit. Like, that genuinely, like, that shit is awesome. That's how you eat tomatoes constantly. That's, it's <laughs> genuinely incredible. It, it, it's doing so much and making it look really easy in a way that very few movies that are trying to do something similar ever manage to get even halfway there. Um, and so it's, it's a feat of writing and adapting. So it, it just had to be that for me. Great pick. Cole, what do you got? Um... This is like the opposite of what you did for me by freeing me to pick uh, Peter Jackson. Like the Return of the King was my number one choice. And then I have like a three-way tie for second. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, No Country for Old Men. Um, that movie just fucking rips like that. The pacing, like it just, everything goes so well. All the performances are great. Uh, there's like a couple different um, kind of through lines that you get like with like the different characters. It jumps back between like, um you know the main characters and then also uh like the wife and mom and like it jumps back and forth and like it just all it all feels like so tight and well made um so yeah that's it's for for wins i don't know if that would that's my favorite adapted screenplay of that year uh but like since it won like i still i still think it's pretty deserving um so yeah totally great pick great pick I can't believe that you that that both of you left the social network on the board. That's 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 one of my three way ties. It's it's in my it's in my three way tie. It was gonna find a home anyway, Ian. Like you're not gonna pick it. I'm adopting this prized puppy, and this is uh, I'm taking the social network. Uh, You know what? I got a lot of very complicated feelings about Aaron Sorkin, specifically in this year's Oscar race, the 2021 Oscar race. 
<laughs> for a movie that I'm not crazy about. But I think The Social Network, as I've said on our Best of the Decade pod, is my favorite movie that's come out in the last 10 years. And I think that this screenplay is is nonstop, just banger after banger after banger of great scene. Like, like cinematic heroin to me is just turning on that scene where Eduardo's share just gets dwindled down to 0.03%, and he just goes in with his hoodie and his fuck, fuck you flip-flops. I think that's in unreal writing, great characters in this movie. Uh, I could listen for days to the stories about... Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher, like sitting in David Fincher's house, like going through this screenplay, like page by page and seeing what they can cut. Uh, yeah, I think it is, it is by far my favorite thing Aaron Sorkin has ever done is the screenplay for this movie. Agreed. Yeah. Sam, what do you got? Uh, so I was just talking about it. I was pretty confident no one else is going to pick it, but I picked Moonlight. Um, Great pick. That was my second. That was my number two. Yeah. There is something about, adapting a play that I think takes adapting a play into a movie that takes a lot of work. You know, it seems very easy because you already have a quote unquote script to work from. Um, But there have been a lot of plays that have been adapted that just do not work on screen because they're either too slow or the director doesn't know what points to hit. But that script for Moonlight is the way that it is broken up into a three-act structure so elegantly. Um, and also just the way that it knows how to take its time, which I think is what I really admire in a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the screenplays on this list, I think, do that very well. But the way that Moonlight knows when to slow down and when the moments to speed up, um, Barry Jenkins just did an incredible job with crafting that script. Hundred percent. We left a lot. We left some good ones on the board. We left. Uh, you know what? It's I, I don't know. I I don't know. But I I fucking love the department. Yeah. I would have been happy to. It's take part of screenplay. Part of my three way tie for number two. Actually, four way tie for number two. <laughs> What was your fourth one? Moonlight. Basically, basically, my top five got picked except for The Departed. Yeah, I had Lord of the Rings in there as well. Also, really big fan of the Brokeback Mountain screenplay. Rewatched that movie recently. Incredible stuff in there with minimal, with like what they can do with minimal interaction. Great stuff. Cannot believe Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire, one best adapted screenplay. That shit's wild. Um, I do also great. think the Call Me By Your Name adapted screenplay is fantastic. Oh, it's great. It deserves a it's shout great. Out. That was on the board for me. Like, if I hadn't gotten Lord of the Rings, that, oh. that would have been one of my choices. Yep. It's a great pick. Uh, snubs and flubs. There's one clear one for me. It was last year. It was when Best Adapted Screenplay got robbed from Greta Gerwig, who should have been a lock, because what she was able to do in adapting fucking Mary Louise Alcott's Little Women, a movie that even when I heard that was going to be her next project, I went, Really? And then saw the trailer and I was like, okay, cool. I like these people. And then saw that movie and my mind was fucking blown by the last 10 minutes of that film. I think it is maybe the, like the, the quintessential definition for what an adapted screenplay can do on a piece of material that has been adapted time and time and time and again in 
the least interesting way possible. Mm-hmm. She found, because she's a genius, found a way of doing it in the most interesting way possible. Mm-hmm. That's the only snub I have listed. I it's I think it's like unforgivable. I don't like Jojo Rabbit, um, like at all. Um, and but like if Little Women had won Best Adapted Screenplay, I probably would have picked it since I didn't get Lord of the Rings. Um, I think like mm-hmm. Sydney and I rewatched it around Christmas time. And like I forgot, we were had like nine months into a quarantine for an hour and a half. Um, that's that movie's that's it's just such a good script. So I and would like movie. to point out um, that while I am sure a beautiful mind is a fantastic adapted screenplay, that also nominated was Shrek, <laughs> and I don't think we should forget about that. Just ever, just always remember, best adapted screenplay. Shrek. So whenever people tell you that Shrek is a bad movie, just remind them. Oscar nominated Shrek. <laughs> Oscar winning. It won best animated film. Multiple Academy Award nominee. But Multiple. considering the amount of, of fart jokes in that screenplay, that's impressive that that many fart jokes got Oscar nominated. I just wanted to point it out. Just wanted to Sam, point it out. you got any? Um, I have two. One of which is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Because I can applaud anybody who can adapt the Odyssey into that. Um, It's just uh, incredibly impressive. Um, And the other one I just wanted to shout out was Children of Men. Um, I love that movie. I think that movie came out before its time. And I think Mm -hmm. had it come out five to ten years later it would be a lot more appreciated than it currently is. Yeah. If, if, yeah. if that, if like children of men, I, I like forgot to mention it when we were talking about director, but like, I can't, he wasn't even nominated for best director for that. And if he had it, it probably would have been, I probably would have picked him over Peter Jackson. Like that movie is basically for a lot of the reasons that like you said for Birdman, uh, Ian, uh, or sorry, Sam, uh is just like the just the the choreography this like with all the chaos that is going on like obviously the scope is the scope and scale is a lot larger than than birdman but like the just the choreography and the specificity of everything among like all the everything that's happening um all those shots that are just like one shots anyway i'm like taking up time to go back and retroactively talk about a movie that i love but uh anyway yeah children of men such a such a great movie yeah it's all good there was a bunch of ones that i'm like man this person wasn't nominated so it's like i can't talk about how david fincher should have won best director for zodiac i can't talk you know whatever i can't talk about how james vanderbilt should have won best adapted screenplay for zodiac (laughs) (laughs) but whatever uh the next category we're getting down final two categories now we have best actress all right best actress and i believe um fuck. mr robotham that it starts with you oh, fuck. we also have three categories left yeah three actor actress yes. i'm fucked in this category y'all yo we, we're all fucked in this category so this is the bleakest category in that we're doing i think and it's not because there are not great female performances it's because the ones that the academy chooses to recognize are routinely not even the best performances by any of these actors it's like best actor where it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Anyway, Sam, what like what are you gonna do? So I hope I'm not upsetting too many people here because I felt similarly that there were very few choices in this category. Um, but I'm gonna go with Olivia Coleman in the favorite. 
Fuck. That's my number one, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> that was my number one. <laughs> I somehow assumed that might happen. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's one of the few times that it's gotten right. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah, the, that movie, you know, I, m- I mentioned my love for the, the lobster earlier, and just a general shout out to Yorgos for killing it every time he steps up to the plate. You know, maybe not with killing of a sacred deer, but we can ignore that. Hey, I like that movie. <laughs> it's good. I like, or never mind. Let me correct that. I like talking about that movie. I don't ever want to watch it yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love Dogtooth. <laughs> but the 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 entire ensemble of the favorite, everyone brings their a game, and Olivia Coleman, especially being stuck in a bed for most of that movie, and still doing an incredible job acting slam dunk home run hat trick uh other sports reference (laughs) (laughs) that's a great pick um all right i'm gonna go with my number two pick here uh damn natalie you crazy chick i'm going natalie portman in black swan i'm fucked i'm truly fucked Yeah, that's my number two pick. So, <laughs> yep, uh, getting slim pickings down here. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have a lot of complicated feelings about Darren Aronofsky's body of work, but the one movie of his that I think is is like a it maybe most maybe one of his most boring movies to a lot of his like quote unquote hive. Uh, I really enjoy Black Swan. I think it is a very contained and very neat film. I think it and The Wrestler are both like really, really good movies. Really solid, workmanlike movies. Uh, and this movie lives and dies on Natalie Portman's performance. And she is an incredible actor. And I think it's one of the few times that like, yeah, Natalie Portman is, is an incredible actress who deserves an Oscar. And I think that if she's going to win an Oscar for any movie in her uh, filmography it makes sense that it's black swan. That's my reasoning. <laughs> it's just that it's like, it's a boring reasoning that I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. Cole, I, I take the iron lady. Show me what you got. Uh, I'm going to pick, uh, Emma Stone in La La Land. I, fuck Cole. God, I, 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 I think God the movie like lives or dies, lives or dies by like her performance and charisma. I think, fuck. She, uh very like i'm i'm okay on la la land in general uh i don't like love it but i do think emma stone is like good in it and she has to be very good in it um but uh yeah this is just like i uh, i don't know lauren who i'm a fan of this performance too (laughs) lauren what are you gonna do here I've only seen three of the remaining movies. She is looking through the list, like, very puzzled. I thought she was confused with my explanation, and then I realized she was just reading through the list of who's no, actually I'm stuck I want to like, say, do I I choose say a, this is... Do I choose a performance is... where I ha- that I haven't seen but I know is good, or do I, do I exclusively go with my integrity and only pick from the movies that I've seen? I, that's up to you, but I also think that this is incredible karmic payback for you taking Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, you sons of bitches! Yeah, that's single-handedly true. fucking over all three of us. Uh, I did choose Sean Penn. Fuck you. You can choose the Iron Lady. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm no, I'm not choosing that. Uh, um, oh fuck. Oh god. Which Hillary Swank performance do you want to recognize? <laughs> no, at this point, I'm like, do I choose Monsters Ball? Like, I've seen it. Um. It, is it was on my short list. Great scene. Um, 
Yeah, I I think integrity wise of what's left, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose Halle Berry for Monsters Ball. Um, That's a res- totally respectable choice. Yeah, it's it is you know the scene that I feel like all of us watched in college of like that is fucking capital A acting. Um, you so watched maybe, the scene of her and Billy Bob. No, I watched the scene of her railing. like breaking down. <laughs> oh, in college. Um, but also that scene as well. I can't remember what the context was. Um. So yeah, I think it's like it's maybe one of the most Oscarsy performances. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna choose Monsters Ball. Yep. I can't tell you how disappointed I was as a 12 year old when I watched that movie and yeah. realized that there were no literal monsters in it. <laughs> Did you? But then how excited I was. Monster. Yes. Yeah. But then how excited I was as a 12 year old to see Halle, the extent of Halle Berry's performance in that film. Yeah. Um, I I was choosing between Monsters Ball, um, Francis McDormand and Three Billboards, and Jennifer Lawrence and Silver Silver Linings Playbook. So, of those three, if if I had fallen to number four, (laughs) go ahead. What would yours have been? No, I want to know. Um, I like I would have had to pick like Brie Larson for Room. If if I had if it had fallen to like me as num- at number, four. I almost did, but I haven't seen the whole movie. I've seen the first half bad, of Room. It's a bad category. It's all good. If I if we had gone in the reverse order and Lauren had gotten to go first and I got third, and I knew that like Olivia Coleman and Natalie Portman were going to get snatched up, I would have. You know what? I would have happily chosen Reese Witherspoon and Walk the Line. Mm. Big fan of that movie. Big fan of that performance. Big fan of Reese. Look, the best um, performance, in my opinion, is Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl. She didn't, like, I don't think she, did she even get nominated? She yeah, got nominated. Yeah, she did. That was my, that was one of my snubs and flubs. That's my number one snub. That would have been my choice. It's Rosamund yeah, Pike and I've Gone Girl. I've got a long list of snubs and flubs in this category. Yeah, Rosamund Pike and Gone Girl and Vicky Crepes in Phantom Thread. Yeah, those were the two of my big ones. Uh, anybody else want to talk snubs and flubs? I'll say uh, two of my favorite that two of my favorites that were nominated: uh, Saoirse Ronan and Lady Bird, Kate Winslet and Little Children. Great performances, and then two that were not nominated and should have not only been nominated but should have won straight up capital W one. Amy Adams in Arrival. You're going to take mine, I think. Yeah, that's mine. Oh, then, wait. Oh, wait. Did you have the other one? Starts with a T. No, I, Amy Adams is mine. Tony yeah. Collette and Hereditary is my other big one that I wish would I wish would have won. Sam, any that you uh, that we left off? Um, I'm going to take it back to a movie that I will never watch again, but I wanted to shout out this uh, performance is Ellen Burstyn in Requiem for a Dream. Oh, um, good call. Haunting stuff there. You know, that's one of those movies that you watch in high school. You're like, I'm never doing drugs again. And then you smoke weed the next week at a party and everything's fine. But, uh, you know, yeah, she's... Her Your refrigerator like, doesn't eat you. Yeah, her decay in that movie is is really something. Yeah. Great pick. Great pick. Yeah, I think we talked about all the other ones. All right, moving on to what ended up kind of coincidentally, I think, being uh, one of the most difficult categories, Best Supporting Actor. Um, and it begins... <laughs> shit. It begins with Lauren. Lauren, you could get your serious serious payback here although i will say i think that there are more than enough yeah there's plenty there's plenty to to go around 
Uh, so Lauren, what do you got? What's your I'm number looking one? At, I'm like, do I want to change it just to, to fuck with Ian? Um, no, I'm going to keep it. Um, I'm going to go with Javier Bardem for No Country for Old Men. It's, I mean, what more is there to say that hasn't already been said? It's an incredible performance and an incredible film that would not have worked without that performance. I think that that is the mark of like a good and a truly like outstanding supporting performance is that like it is a supporting performance, but incredibly crucial to like the machinery of the film that mm -hmm. like and, and the alchemy of the film and like the film does not take off without that performance anchoring the whole thing and being as terrifying and as unknowable as it is and and just like so weird and and just like i think i just keep coming back to the word unknowable and there's something like truly terrifying about that it sets off those like those alarms in your head of just like something's wrong with this person and i think that like I, there, there's something about that that you can't it that's very difficult to access and and to portray on film and it shows a really great actor in a really great role with amazing writing and very careful direction. So it had to be that one for me. That's a great pick. That's that was that's my number one, my tied for number one. So good for you. Cole, what do you got? Um, my tied for number one is I still have to pick between them, I guess. Um, I'm gonna go with uh she actually I'm gonna go with Christoph Waltz and Glorious Bastards. You son um, of a bitch. It's my, it's my, it's, it was between, it's honestly between that and another Tarantino movie, uh, and, and, and then one more movie, but like, it's, Inglorious Bastards is probably my favorite Tarantino movie. I think like his, his introduction scene, like that, that opening scene is one of the best opening scenes of any movie ever. I know it's kind of like stereotypical to say that, um, but I just think it, it sets him up so well. He's so charismatic like his performance is so good he won two oscars for it like he won again for django unchained which i think is like a crime like i don't think he should have won for django uh, i think that was a terrible choice i think if anyone was going to win for that movie it should have been leo um but like he's he's just so good in glorious bastards he did basically the same character and won again um and just the fact that he's like actually you know speaks four languages or whatever and was like actually speaking all of his lines with no training and it's just in, i think it's incredibly impressive and uh just entertaining performance uh in a great movie yeah couldn't agree more i mean i said earlier that social network is my favorite movie the last 10 years inglorious bastards is my favorite movie of the 10 years before that so it's a great pick i don't know why i feel bad about this but it's the boring choice and i'm gonna go with heath ledger uh I mean, I don't have anything new to say about this. Uh, I'm, you know, it's a real goddamn shame that the the character of the Joker has more Oscars than women have directing Oscars. That's, you know, that that meme has been sent around more than enough times. But this, I think, is the quintessential Joker performance. I think it's one of the quintessential villain performances. It's maybe the most influential villain performance of all time. Mm -hmm. I, I think you could make that controversial statement. Uh and going back, I've seen The Dark Knight now several, several times. And every time I watch it, I find different parts of that movie that don't hold up. But the Ledger performance is just like, I mean, that shit is frozen in amber. It's just a perfect, perfect performance. Every time he's on screen, you really can't take your eyes off of him. And I, and 
Yeah, I, I just, the fact that, like, some of the dialogue in that movie, which is a movie which unironically has the line, have a nice trip, see you next fall, in it as a threat, and a cop yelling, no more dead cops. Uh, like, these, these, this fucking screenplay is made to sound like goddamn Shakespeare whenever Heath Ledger speaks. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I don't feel that bad. I don't feel that bad. I'm going to go with you Heath shouldn't. Ledger. He was my number... He was my number three on this list, um, but I'm going to go with Heath Ledger. Yeah, I, I think Jared Leto showing up in the Snyder Cut kind of highlights how bad that character can end up coming off and just how good Heath Ledger was in it, uh, just as a, like, I guess a capstone to what you said. That's a great point. Yep. You don't have to feel bad for that pick. It's a great pick. What do you got? It's on you, Sam. Um, the whole thing rests on your shoulders. <laughs> so this this was a category that I was 100% confident I was going to get my choice, and I was going to get my pick, and I did. So I'm very glad. Uh, I went for something a little more muted, and I picked Alan Arkin in Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> Whoa! Coming this in. is the same shit that you guys gave me for choosing Kate Blanchett. I'm giving you for choosing Alan Arkin. This is wild. Throw that shit all you that you want. Um, I no one gave you love... shit for picking Kate Bush. <laughs> you all did. You all looked. Sorry, like Sam. Was... Sorry, Sam. Stomp <laughs> on my time however you want. I, I, you know, I don't have a ton to say, or I'm not going to even try to defend my case here. Um, but I love Alan Arkin's performance in that movie, and yes, there are a lot of other. Uh, there are a lot of other actors on this list that absolutely deserve it and this was a very hard category for me but uh, like alan arkin's performance is incredibly personal to like to me i think he him in that movie he reminds me a lot of my grandfather in so many ways and so it was just one of those things it's like bam pegged him from the beginning and he is he in a similar way to heath ledger i feel like in that movie he's that person that I can't take my eyes off of for most of that movie because his his character is is really well defined um you know I think at, looking at it as like an ensemble piece as a movie um he's really at the center of it for most of the movie kind of being the person that holds it together and then spoiler alert for a 14 year old movie um, when he eventually dies, you know, that's when the real drama starts. And I think he is kind of the, the crux of holding that family together. So it's a cool pick. I like these picks. Sticking by it. I, I love I the, yeah, I love that pick. I'm going to throw out just like some names that we've left off. Nobody picked up Clooney. Nobody picked up Morgan Freeman in Million Dollar Baby, which is actually a really good performance. Nobody picked up Bale in The Fighter, Christopher Plummer in Beginners, J.K. Simmons in Whiplash, Rylance. Either Mahershala Ali performance. Either Mahershala Ali performance. And say what you will about the movie, but Rockwell is great in Three Billboards. So, like, there's there's a lot of great stuff here. This is this is by far the most stacked category. Benicio Del Toro in Traffic was another one that was up there. Christopher was Plummer tough. was my number two pick. This was the toughest category by far. Yeah. yeah. Christopher Plummer was my number was if somebody else had chosen Ledger, uh, I would have, I would have gone with either Plummer or Simmons. Yeah. 
snubs and flubs. We have a ton. The, we have a ton. I, the one is, I think it's the worst snub of this entire, even though this is a stacked category, like picking Christoph Waltz over Philip Seymour Hoffman in the master. Like that's the worst snub of this entire thing. In my opinion, it's, it's up there. I know like, it's like, there's some really bad ones, like the, the Gerwig ones that I've already talked about, but like that, perf- like that performance is just, it's t- to quote Tropic Thunder, it's it's like working with mercury it's high science like that is just that performance is is incredible i like it, like i i there was like a 6 year period from when i first watched the master to when i rewatched it and i like remember the Joaquin performance is like doing a lot in that movie and like rewatched it and i was like oh this like hoffman is is equally or more important it's 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 a crime that christoph waltz who i actually really like and like i i picked him for supporting actor for a different movie it's a crime that he was picked over philip seymour hoffman in my opinion completely agree um actually my my pick for snub and flub uh you just quoted it it's robert downey jr in tropic (laughs) thunder he was nominated for best supporting actor he lost to Heath ledger i think in another year i like he maybe could have won. I, <laughs> I think it's the most daring and brave comedic performance, uh, this side of like uh, of like Borat. I, and like it's it, it, it could have pulled a fish called Wanda. Like it could have. It could have, which is which is one of my favorite performances of all time. Is yeah, Kevin which Klein is in a fish like an all time fave. And if we were doing this for like previous decades, absolutely would be my pick. Yeah, but but RDJ is my is would be since you already called out Hoffman. I think rightfully so. RDJ is up there for me. Sam, any other ones that we're leaving off? Um, I wanted to give a shout out to Richard E. Grant and Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah. Great pick. Um, awesome movie. Underrated performance, underrated movie. Richard Absolutely. E. Grant, every time I see him in something, I get so excited. I love him as an actor so much. Um, if you've never seen it, the movie With Nail and I, it, he is, I think that might have been his first movie. Um, and he is incredible in that movie. I think we are, I, I'm hoping, I mean, at the risk of like, I, I don't want to will any more biopics into existence because I feel like we're flooded with them. But there's a really great late, like late period Bowie movie starring Richard E. Grant as Bowie that I think that we are, that should be happening soon. Um, I just want to say one that blows my mind that like actually like makes me mad when I think about the fact that this person was not nominated. Are you in a, are you, I swear to God, if you say the thing that I'm about to say, Ian, I don't think I am. Okay. I don't understand how the fuck in any world, John Malkovich didn't get nominated for burn after reading. It's one of my favorite performances in any Coen brothers movie. And I think it's, it is perfect. And every time I watch that movie, like I laugh the exact same amount at John Malkovich. It's a crucifixion. Lauren, what's the one what's the one that you were talking about? Because I've talked to you about this before. I've done this rant before. And this is my this is my Rachel McAdams and Mean Girls. And that's the fact that Sean Astin wasn't nominated for Lord of the Rings. Great point. Yeah, Ian McKellen was point. for fellowship. Yeah. I was like looking through the, the the Wikipedia and I was like, oh, I completely forgot about that nomination. I think that Sean Astin absolutely should have gotten nominated for playing Samwise Gamgee. And I'll I'll die on that hill. Cole, I'm surprised you didn't go to the bat for, for Wilkinson more. It's, I, I'm trying to limit because I've talked so much, but like he's he's my one A one B with Bardem for No Country. Like I, I I have like multiple notes. Like I think like you already said it. I think Ledger is unimpeachable for Dark Knight, but like or I want to shout out RDJ. Like Tom Wilkinson's the same. Like if Tom Wilkinson had won over Bardem, I wouldn't have been mad because I love him and Michael Clayton. It's a great point. It's a great point. 
Also, I wish, I wish, I wish RDJ or Ruffalo had been nominated for Zodiac, but that was such a stacked year that once again, it's like tough. When I, before I realized the rules of snubs and flubs that they needed to be nominated in big, bold letters, I just have Mark Ruffalo and Zodiac. Yeah. He's, he's so good. (laughs) Dave Tashi. I love him. Um, all right. Welcome to the main event folks. Best picture is here. Julie Roberts is walking out. She's about to give Green Book the Best Picture Award. Uh, and we we begin with Sam. Sam Robotham, you have the number one pick for the highest award. I think it's only fitting that you get this pick since you came up with this whole concept. So I could be nice here and give up my number one pick. And honestly, I I could have gotten last pick in every single category and gotten screwed on my number one pick in every single other category but getting to pick this one makes me so happy for best picture i am picking parasite yeah yep it is the true best picture out of all of the movies on that list yeah it is we've we've all talked about it so much so that i won't i won't really go into to that much more detail about it but the reason that i didn't pick it in other categories is because i think it works so well as a movie as a whole you know all of its all of its singular parts are so incredible in their own specific way but all of them coming together in cohesion makes this my best picture yeah i i can't argue with you that was my number one pick as well yeah same great choice but you know what i will say this and i was having these thoughts before because i knew that no matter what direction we went in i was i was curious about you because i was like you could just pull something wild out of your ass and just be like the king's speech i don't know like and and then i would have had parasite wide open and it's like would i still make this decision uh but i'm actually really really excited to give my best picture award to spotlight wow not gonna lie, this movie, I was wondering when you were gonna do it. Full disclosure, major bummer. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody is like, "Oh, cool, I'm gonna have some friends over tonight. I'm gonna turn on Spotlight and have a great time." That being said, I have rewatched this movie so many times in the past few years. I don't know why, because it it really, really is an infuriating movie. And uh, b- because of the subject matter that it, but the reason it's so infuriating is because it is so effectively well-made and that, that begins and ends at the incredible screenplay, which did win best original screenplay and deservedly. So I almost chose it in that category. Um, but I think that that would be uh, ignoring the fact that I think gun to my head, this is the best ensemble acting movie of maybe the past 10 years. Uh, I think that every single person in this ensemble is is so <laughs> there's a debate there's a debate here with Ruffalo's performance which I do really love but I do, I think that it maybe refutes this thesis. I think this is one of the most egoless assembly of performances I've ever seen. Everyone really feels like they're just here to serve the story and they do it so well. I could watch Leif Schreiber's scenes on repeat until the day I die. I think they're incredible. I think Keaton's incredible. Slattery's incredible. I think Rachel McAdams is unreal. If she had one best supporting actress for this, I would have been totally okay with it. Uh, Brian Darcy James is great. I love this movie. 
and it's it is a weirdly rewatchable film for the um, for the subject matter that it is about. So uh, I'm very happy to choose Spotlight. Cole, what do you got? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be boring and do me and pick Return of the King. Uh, basically for Fuck all the you. same reasons I picked it for director. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite movies ever. Um, so is this your favorite in the trilogy? It's I I it's hard to pick. I I like I I like separate like I love in Fellowship. I love like the world building and like all the stuff in the Shire. I think that's some of the best stuff in the books as well. Um, I love like I'll just randomly get into moods where I'll like throw on Fellowship while I'm going for runs and just like stop after I get through the Shire stuff. Um, but I as as like an achievement, I think Return of the King just gets a lot just for like capping off the the whole trilogy. Nice, great pick, great obviously great pick, incredible film. Lauren, you son of a bitch! Thought I, I was I'm gonna sorry. get in there. Yeah, I'm sorry. My number one pick. I thought I was gonna make it. Good pick. Though. I'm surprised that's your number one pick. You're such a crash. It's head. number one on my <laughs> list as well. Like I, I might have picked it over Parasite if I was picking number one, just because it's because like, because how much I like it's a personal favorite. Even though yeah. I can like recognize that Parasite's is like Sam said, it's the best movie of this collection of movies and like of any movie that we've yeah. talked about today. So. All right, I'm gonna go with my uh, my second pick on the list, um, which I'm I'm going with my my gut on this because I will always remember seeing this in theaters, and I think it's one of the quietest theaters I've ever been in. It was one of the most immersive experiences I've ever had, um, and I'm gonna go with Moonlight. I think it is an incredible film uh, for all the reasons we talked about it with adapted screenplay and and the way that it is. I, I just think it is truly an immersive experience and it is just such I don't know there a good movie makes you feel like you are just existing with human beings and fully like empathizing with a life that is not your own um and I think this movie is filled with craft it is filled with heart it is filled with also I feel like I should have mentioned this but performances that absolutely should have been nominated all like Mm -hmm. across the board which is truly insane um that the the lead that the lead actors were not nominated for this movie, um, but has a third act that is maybe one of my most rewatched sequences in my life. In that diner scene, I think it is like I've never felt more tense or more hopeful, and never wanted good things to happen to a human being more than I did in this third act. I will always remember being in that completely silent theater, just like hoping for something to work out for another person, for a fictional person, like they were someone that I love, like truly that I had known my whole life. And and that is why I personally love to go to movies is to feel something for other people that I've never met before. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm so happy to, to choose Moonlight. It's an incredible film. It's a great pick. Man, I really I like that all four of us got these four movies. I think that a these are these are the four best in this. Like all four of these were my top four. The only one that was like that le- was left off of the ones that I really loved, admittedly, The Departed. <laughs> but uh, that's purely because I I love a good cheeseburger for dinner. Um, should we go into some snubs and flubs? There have been quite a few. Mm-hmm. I got one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go boring again. I Inglorious Bastards should have been. If it had been in there, it would have been my number one. It is my favorite Tarantino film. It is my. I, 
like I'm I, I'm sure that there's a lot of psychology in there. It's like as a Jewish person, this movie means a lot to me. Uh, but like, I just think like for sheer entertainment value, like you just don't get better than this movie. It's like it, it's a movie that loves movies. It's a movie that uh, talks about how, how powerful the 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 art of cinema is and how influential it can be and how much of a weapon it can be. Um, it's a lot of the reasons why I still love Manx so much. Uh, it's not going to win in a couple weeks, but man, oh man, would I be stoked. Um, but yeah, Inglorious Bastards would be my pick there. I want to say, even though, Ian, you ch- your favorite movie of the 20 years was in this year, I still think that in 2016, Mad Max Fury Road should have won. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. I think that it should. I think it's truly one of the best movies maybe ever i just like, i wouldn't have been mad about it i wouldn't have been mad it's truly just like yeah if it had been there i i would have had to just be like yeah no that one that one like i my my like it operates it like fires on all cylinders for me like there's there's nothing i don't like about mad max fury road it is one of the most rewatchable films of definitely the last 20 years good car pun too lauren you're always good for a good car pun thank you cole uh, I think I think uh, King Speech. I know it's boring to say, but King Speech winning over Social Network is an all-time bag fumble. Like that's just such a that's such a bad choice, uh, and it won for everything too. So it's just like all across the board is just like that. That year is one of the worst years for for every category that we did this for. Arguably, it's just it's so, it's so boring. Um, so yeah, that's I would call that out. Sam, any uh, any snubs and flubs? Um, so Roma should have won over green book i mean there are a lot of i think there are a couple movies that probably should have won over green book uh green book should not have won a thing green book should have been nominated um but roma was was an incredibly stunning and beautiful movie and one that's that's so simple but it takes place on such a big scale um Mm -hmm. and the uh, the other one that i had on here that has not been mentioned yet uh is a serious man which is yes! one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. Um, was that nominated for Best Picture? It was. Holy shit! Yeah, great, great pick. Yeah, um, that's that's a that's yeah, a good incredible one. pick. Wow, wild! I completely stuff. missed that. Oh, other like snub and flub for Best Actor in a Leading Role: Colin Firth, The Single Man. Yeah, hundred percent. He should have won mm-hmm. then. Absolutely, like, that's what he should have won, won then. King's cleared Speech out the lane for Eisenberg. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't nominated, but I will say it, like Spirited Away, I think would have mm-hmm. been a great would have been a great pick in here, but that was before they they realized that they could nominate uh, animated films, animated movies, yeah, yeah. Um, man, so what have we learned? What have we learned about the Oscars at the end of all of this? That they routinely get it wrong, or that they routinely get it right? Are you feeling any more optimistic or pessimistic about this process? uh any anyone anyone i think it's interesting i i was tempted to think that like it's just because of their like recency bias that i chose later movies um and also just because i i watch movies more critically as my life goes on obviously um but i also do think that it is potentially a trend towards the right movies not always winning and the right performances not always winning but the ratio improving at least 
you know, I, I do appreciate that um, we were allowed to have a conversation that included a movie like Parasite, which for, you know, like last year, I was very cynical about it winning anything. And and so I am very appreciative that Parasite was a winner so that we could talk about it with a 20 year retrospective. And so that people in 10 or 20 years will still be looking back and seeing this movie and appreciating it for the, the like piece of like masterful art that it is. Um so I, I do think that, like, looking through it, I do think we were getting closer to merit winning, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though we have big backslides like Green Book. Um, but we also have stuff like Parasite that, that gives me hope. Yeah. Anyone else have any any overarching thoughts? Sam, since this was your idea, how do you feel at the end of it? Do you feel satisfied? I, yeah, I mean, I, I do. I think everyone's picks were were accurate. Some of us had to be pushed a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> I don't think anyone, you know, if you if we look at our kind of like super squads that we put together, um, no one is really severely lacking uh, anywhere. And I think, you know, I think with award shows, it's always going to be a mixed bag. There's always going to be, you know, the period piece or the biopic that, you know, everyone over the age of 50 seems to love. Um, and everyone else realizes is not very good. Uh, so I, I think it's it will be hard to ever have a year where we can say the Oscars got it 100% right. Um, but, you know, this looking just looking at these eight categories, obviously there's, you know, 18 more, something like that, uh, that we didn't get into. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think if we were to go a little deeper with those, we might feel a little more like, oh yeah, they know what they're doing for the most part. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll slip up every couple of years. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm very happy with my picks. <laughs> yeah. I would say, I would agree with you. I think that it's, it's on the whole, I left this experiment a lot more optimistic than I, I went into it. I was ready to kind of like rip apart the process and really like, uh, you know, rage and rail against this establishment uh, and and quite a bit more than when I really kind of sat down and looked at the people that had won. I think in, you know, like we said before, I think in like the best supporting actor category, you know, of the four of us, it's like this has got like, you know, about a 60, 65% success ratio over the 20 years of like choosing the right person. Um, and then there are some categories where it's like it, it falls off immensely but i think that like that is that is something to take note of and i think that i when i look at it like this and look at all of these movies and realize how many of them have affected me positively and that even then it's like my love it's like my appreciation for a movie like argo and like that winning best picture vastly outweighs my disdain for a movie like green book or crash or something like that. So it's like, I am still kind of like, I take the good more than, than the bad in a lot of these. Cole, any, any finishing thoughts from you? Or are you just like, fuck the Oscars? Can't wait for Jared Leto's Joker to win supporting actress. 
Um, I think you three have kind of, you know, covered everything that I would have wanted to cover. I, I agree with basically everything you've said, especially I think Sam's point is very good. Like, I think when you if you dig into like the more technical sides where it might be a little like uh, other except for some years, it's like they're kind of like more objective measures to go by. Like they probably get it right more often than not. Um, uh, and th- this is like a lot very subjective. And like in hindsight, a lot of it looks really bad. And yeah, for some of these, like even at the time they looked bad. Um, so, um, I, but I am, I'm trying, I'm trying to be optimistic just because like, I remember how I was feeling going into last year thinking 1917 was going to sweep. Uh, and I was like, I was like in a hotel in London, uh, like sleeping at, cause it was like three o'clock in the morning when this ceremony was on, uh, and just like getting text updates about parasite winning everything and like not being able to sleep. Cause I had so much adrenaline pumping through my veins. So uh, I, I guess oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping to continue to be a little more optimistic. I think this is going to be a little weird, a bit of a weird year just because of the selection of movies that we have because of last year. I think like next year might when we might be when we can like really start judging like how things are going to be moving forward. But I am I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic. I love it. Let's be optimistic moving forward. Is anybody off the top of their head where it was anybody else keeping track of what their picks were? You want to go through yours really, really quickly? I was keeping we kind track. of zoom through the categories. Yeah. I'll go first since I've, I've got mine right here. I had Heath Ledger in supporting actor for Dark Knight. Kate Blanchett in supporting actress for The Aviator. Sean Penn in leading actor for Mystic River. Uh, Natalie Portman for Black Swan, lead actress. Social Network for adapted screenplay. Get Out for original screenplay. Bong Joon-ho for director. And Spotlight for picture. Looking at it like that, I am very stoked about my picks. Uh, anybody want to go next? Cole, what do you got? Uh, I had Parasite for original screenplay, Tilda Swinton in supporting actress for Michael Clayton, uh, Denzel in training day for actor. Um, best actress, I had Emma Stone in La La Land. Uh, supporting actor, I had Christoph Waltz for Inglorious Bastards. Uh, director, I had Peter Jackson. For Return of the King, adapted screenplay, I had No Country for Old Men, and Best Picture, I had Return of the King uh, again. So I'm I'm pumped with that. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Lauren, I'll have you go next because I want Sam to to get his glory. I want him cool. to get his due. So for supporting actor, I had Javier Bardem for No Country for Old Men. For supporting supporting actress, I had Catherine Zeta Jones for Chicago. Uh, for lead actor, I had Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, for lead actress, Halle Berry. For uh, adapted screenplay, I had Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. For original screenplay, I had Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. For best director, I had Ang Lee for Life of Pi. And for best picture, I had Moonlight. And I like my list a lot. Mm-hmm. Sam, what do you got? Um, very happy with my final totals. There is only one category where I did not get my number one. So I'm thrilled. Yeah, that's that's the that's the dream. That's, that's the, the dream yeah. right there. <laughs> Good call. Um, so I have Alan Arkin for supporting actor, Viola Davis for supporting actress, uh, Daniel Day Lewis in Lincoln for <laughs> best actor. <laughs> First choice. Just I say Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis got chosen for <laughs> actor twice. <laughs> Um, I have Olivia Coleman for Best Actress, Moonlight for Best Adapted Screenplay, Her for Best Original Screenplay, uh, Inaritu for Birdman for Best Director, and Parasite for Best Picture. Damn. You feel good? 
feel great. Awesome. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Uber Oscars draft. This has been an incredible exercise. Sam, I love this. We should do this again with 90s movies. I was just thinking that about halfway through. I said, let's do yeah. a 90s version. Let's do an 80s version. In 20 yeah. years, let's meet up again and do a 2020 through 2039. <laughs> we could even do, yeah, I, I think that that would be a lot of fun. I think it's interesting, especially the further you go back to see how the trends have been different every single year. Um, let's put that on the books. We've got the naughty awards coming up as our next episode after this. This is obviously the not another film podcast, uh, version of an award show where we give out our, uh, famous patented awards like the, uh, you know, the, the Timothy Chalamet award for best moment that made you cry in a movie and, 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 and et cetera, you know, mm-hmm. at all, we've got a bunch of them. <laughs> Uh, that'll be coming at you next. Thank you so much, uh, Sam, for bringing this idea forward. Thank you, Cole. Thank you, Lauren, mm-hmm. for your picks. Um, we're also going to publish, uh, when we publish this episode, we'll give it like a week or so for people to listen, but then we'll also publish what our draft order was uh, so that people can get uh, a look into those. Thank you very much for listening, folks. Uh, Sam, what do you want to plug? Anything? Um, I want to. You've been an incredibly decorated <laughs> screenwriter. Oh, thank you. How very kind of you. Uh, I do not have any personal projects uh, out right now. I guess to promote, um, there is a, a staged reading on my Twitter bio. Uh, my Twitter is Ham Robotham, so that's Ham like the meat. Robotham is spelled like robot ham. Uh, so you can go track me down there. Uh, in my Twitter bio, there is a link to a stage greeting that both Ian and Lauren were a part of for hey. one of my screenplays. Uh, so you can go watch that there. It's a fun little horror script. It's about 20 minutes long. Uh, it's fun to watch them read horror over Zoom. Um, <laughs> and uh, I also want to promote The Vanishing Act because boy, oh boy, have I been enjoying this little podcast that could. Uh, it's chugging Aww. along. Um, it's, it's just been great. I, I cannot, yeah, I cannot praise you all enough for the work you all have done on that. Thank you. Thanks so much, man. I want to take that love and throw it right back. Uh, if you have not listened to, uh, Sam's other podcast, the modern calm with Declan Moonstar, it's that shit is a trip and is very funny and very weird. Um, and a great binge. It's a really great binge show. Because every episode's only between 10 and 15 minutes long. There are six episodes, yeah? Six, six yeah. Six or, yeah. Um, and man, what an exercise <laughs> in escalation that show is. <laughs> um, I loved it. Thank you very much. That's uh, that's that's my big plug is uh, The Modern Column. Lauren, anything? Uh, no, just as usual. Uh, as I already mentioned, The Vanishing Act, our scripted show. Um, you can find us on all socials at VanishingPod. Or you can check out our website, VanishingPod.com. Hell yeah. Cole, what do you got? Uh, I don't take part in creative endeavors outside of this one, so I'll plug uh, The Vanishing Act as well. Uh, and I just subscribed to your podcast, Sam, so that the plug worked That plug worked for at least one more person. Huzzah! See? In, in the time it took for one of us to talk about this, you could have gone on and subscribed already. That's how easy it is. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, folks. Stay safe. Uh, wash your hands. Get tested. Get vaccinated. It's a great time to do that. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Bye. <laughs>